Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 12. And today I am joined by Kuljit Opal in India. Hello, Kuljit. Hi, Joanne. It's such a pleasure and delight to be here with you and your entire audience here that listens to your lovely podcast. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. So, Kujit, today we're going to be discussing entrepreneurship and introspection, daring to explore one's true potential. So this is a very exciting topic. I'm really excited to talk to you today. (laughs) Okay, so before we jump into the theme, I want you to first tell us a little bit about you and um, everything that you've been working on and, and sort of guide us through your journey up to this point. Phew, that's going to be uh, a longest journey. <laughs> take, take as much time. Take as much time as you need. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and you have to forgive me in advance for probably sounding pompous at times. Uh, it may come across as pom- being pompous, but then I have to be, uh, shall I say, relevant to the theme that you have suggested. Sure. So no, you will find fine. me probably delving into areas which uh, uh, may be relevant as we move along, I think, in the conversation. Okay, that's fine. But so, don't, okay, don't, about, don't worry. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I will tell you what, largely speaking, I have uh, done. Um, and yes, uh, I today stand, when I look back and I, I see I've collected quite a bit of baggage, in, and that's all healthy baggage. It's shining up right there. So I'm very proud of what I've collected. Um, if I go down memory lane, uh, apart from the fact that I will just use those few labels, I've, I've been a pilot. Currently, though I'm a CEO and an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, I have been an author, I'm an educationist, and a creative director, image scientist, etc., etc. Um, but uh, let me go down completely at you know my entire journey of the last 50 years in one okay. way. Okay. I'm going to be 50 very soon, so ah, um, that's a milestone. <laughs> yeah, and can I in just, a way, can a milestone. I ju- can I just say to the listeners that she doesn't look 50 at all? Oh, that's she's, kind of you. She's, Thank she's you. Blessed with youthful glow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So, um, okay. So, I, I think I started my journey uh, at the age of three. And mm. why I say journey? Because these are the few things that I mentioned in terms of collection as I've moved on. So, I became a classical dancer, an Indian classical dancer. I was learning Kathak. And um, I loved it. And then at five, I was learning another classical form, uh, which is Bharatnatyam. And I continued learning that till finally I was able to even teach people. Mm. So I was running classes for 32 odd students. Uh, so anyway, that was one. Mm-hmm. Um, I became very interested in sports. And uh, so I moved into uh, gymnastics. And I became uh, the state junior champion for gymnastics. Um, and after that, uh, I realized that sports in any case was kind of, you know, uh, making me very, very excited. So I moved on to long jump and again became another champion in long jump um, and eventually became a national level athlete in javelin throw. Wow. So okay. all along, uh, music runs in our family. My father was very fond of music. So I've also been singing and I've professionally sung um, for jingles and ads and things like that. And I've done a lot of performances internationally and in India. Okay. On stage, uh, so I've done shows basically. Um, very fond of playing instruments. So um, I mean, right from a synthesizer to a harmonium, to guitar, uh, to multiple percussion instruments. So all of those things I really love doing. But I did never lose sight of the fact that I needed to be good in academics because that's a very strong thing in India. Mm. Uh, you need to be good in academics. So yes. fortunately for my parents, I was always a topper. Okay. At school and university, so I managed to do that okay. I was very fond of painting, something that comes, which I think I picked up from my mother. She's a very good artist. So a lot of and painting you, that I've delved in. Did you, study, did you study in India? You did all of your education in India or abroad? Yes. Okay. I, all my education has been here in India. Okay. But I've, my areas of work and explorations have happened all across. Sure. So... Yeah, and then um, I've, I've always had a tilt towards the creative arts too. And poetry was something that came very naturally to me. I loved writing. I'm a lot into creative writing. So I found myself delving into poetry. Uh, some of the works have also been published. Um, then I moved into 
hardcore more supposedly macho areas <laughs> i joined mm. the paramilitary forces as a cadet okay. as the national cadet corps and i became the all india best cadet okay and uh, so that was something which was very nice where we did you know cross country runs and obstacle courses and you know firing and i was a fairly good shooter oh i uh, love that point to to yeah so so that was another extreme of course i've been a voice over artist since 1986 okay and i've lent my voice um for multiple documentaries and uh, for national geographic for discovery channel for uh, all kinds of corporate films and ads and things like that um and of course i've also been a presenter and an anchor uh, okay. then i got a great chance to represent india to canada for 6 months as okay. an ambassador okay uh, so we were working on a development program there and uh, it was great because the topic that i had chosen there that i was working on rather was about more the socialo canada which is social evils of canada and it was wonderful because uh, it was exploring the <laughs> the entire way you know things happen in canada and then having a good chance to be able to compare notes with india alongside um as far as the work front is concerned i also moved into advertising and journalism i've made a, uh, a couple a couple of movies documentary films and uh, in fact i was lucky enough to win three national awards um in the first i think 6 months of my stint with advertising so i've done that and journalism like i said was another thing that i've done um i've been a coach i've been a trainer for many many years i've loved trying to help people uh, move into the line of learning and knowledge and um and of course then my journey as a pilot started um later i loved it and i got a fa as well as a dgca license so i have an american as well as an indian license in short okay and um, i've been also into authoring a lot of educational books a few hundred books uh, that have been part of the creation which are with aviation or you know uh, travel and tourism hospitality um, customer service english language learning personality development etc Okay. So I've been authoring quite a few books there. And okay. uh yes, I have been an educationist uh, for some time now. Um uh, quite a few years in fact. And um uh, so I have like what four master's degrees I think that I've collected over the years. Okay. Uh, one in English literature, another in mass communications, journalism and mass communications, and uh a, an MBA that's in that's uh, business administration. and um, an international certification in image management and now i am on the verge of uh, in fact i'm just waiting for my final viva okay for my phd and that is scheduled ah now. okay so and I what am, and your phd is in uh, your thesis in is in image management image management okay. i am coincidentally i am the only one on the globe currently who has pursued a phd in this area and i am the first image scientist in the world I was going to you know I want to talk about that but before we talk about <laughs> image scientists tell me a little bit about how what got you into into aviation did you just decide I mean it's it's in line with everything else you've done obviously because you you like sports and 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 that kind of thing and shooting and so on but did you just decide I want to be a pilot and you went for it or was was did something happen Okay that's a funny story. <laughs> mm. Till class 8 I wanted to be a geologist and go to Antarctica and sit between the penguins and do my research. Ah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of pursued that dream for quite some time. Okay. And I even uh, because I had done very well in uh, university as I shared with you I was a topper. So I got uh, a good seat on scholarship to do my masters in geology which I started doing. Okay. And just okay. about 6 months short of completion Mm-hmm. one fine day there's a very funny incident that happened i was sitting there in class while the professor was speaking and i had this hallucination mm-hmm. of uh, you know an aircraft doing stalls and spins on the professor's head you know right over the professor's head mm-hmm. something like what you call aerobatics right okay and i was like oh what is this <laughs> and it just stayed on for quite some time i was so distracted so i came back home and i shared that with my father and uh, he just had one single sentence to share with me and he said i think you're in the wrong line my father <laughs> incidentally was an aviator okay so and that i i thought about it the whole evening and by nightfall i think something dawned in my head 
that was the last I saw of my geology class. Mm -hmm. I had packed my bags and I moved to Delhi Flying Club to become an aviator. Wow. And so that's how the flying journey started off. And uh, yeah, so it's just as simple as that. And that's what I think is the beauty sometimes of being a multi-potentialite. Absolutely. As long as you have the, you know, you have the fire in you and where you have the guts to say, okay, fine. You know, let me just move on. Right. Anyway, I guess. <laughs> so you fly, so you've, have you ever flown commercially or you just have the license and you do it just for leisure um, from time to time? Or have you actually ever worked as a commercial pilot? Okay, so that's another interesting story. Uh, mm. The typical aviation sector works on a ten, roughly a 10-year kind of a graph pattern okay. wherein the growth starts and then you go up, it escalates and then it falls down. Every 10 years it falls and you find pilots going jobless. You may be qualified, but you have, uh, you know, no takers for you. Mm -hmm. So when I came to the U.S. and I had got my FAA license and I came back again for a job, I got into the wrong cycle of that growth, Mm. you know, that graph. Mm. So that was the time when there were no jobs for pilots and it continued for the next couple of years. So while I had something, I couldn't do much about it. So I decided, uh, and I'm, I'm very thankful to God uh, that he put me in a proactive zone. So I thought I have to keep myself going. And that's how advertising happened. You know, yeah. I just moved in and I said, like, nobody's taking that license from me. You know, when I want, I can fly. But uh, at least I'm not sitting idle. I don't like bench time. I, right. I have to be all the while doing something. You need to be engaged. So I constantly. have to be engaged. Absolutely. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's just kind of, it's very... For me, it's, uh, it causes kind of frustration, if I may say. Mm. I don't know, it's a very strong word, but I'm just saying some kind of a restlessness in me if I'm not doing anything. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not enough. I need a lot of work. Mm. So I'm, I'm happy then. You know, I'm very content. Like I joke around with my family often. And I always say, you know, my highest productivity level is when I have 20 things happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I get very energized with a lot of work. So... That's how the whole cycle went. But I did have an opportunity. I got uh, offers from airlines later. But then by the time I think I was already on marriage and then later expecting my child and things like that. So it never really happened. Mm. Uh, you know, though you, got, you get selected, but you don't go and join up. So yes, there is that little thing that uh, didn't happen. Right. No regrets again, because it doesn't. It just, it's just that, uh, you know, um, you fly... Uh, let's say 500 hours versus 1000 hours, you're pretty much doing the same thing. So right. uh, it really doesn't matter. But for me, the whole feeling or the whole, uh, shall I say, journey of for the first time stepping into an aircraft as an absolute novice right. to the time right. that I got my license. And of course, we do pilot in command. You know, you have these renewal hours that you right. do every year yes. to keep it going. So it's kind of, you know, it still keeps your uh, spirit high. You know, because you know you're still there, and right. uh, let's see how life goes. Because one never knows. Yes, <laughs> one and never you, knows. And when you, you can, think you want to take a swerve and say, "Okay, now I'm ready for the next thing." <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so now, Kuljeet, tell us about being the first image scientist, image management. I'm I'm familiar with image management from a um, a very sort of. I, I met a few coaches from that perspective. So these are people who help you to control your image, whether it's in branding and marketing and, and that kind of thing. That's my knowledge of, of image management, but I don't know if this is what you're studying or what you're doing. So tell us about image management and being an image scientist. Okay. This is exciting. Being the first in the world or one of the first in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. And okay. what does that entail? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, like you rightly brought out, there are image consultants across the globe today. Mm-hmm. And what they typically help, as you just said, uh, is to, you know, help you with your self-branding and what you are as, you know, um, as a personality externally, you know, how you dress and what kind of brands you wear or what kind of, you know, persona you have when you are in, let's say, in crowds or amongst people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, however, having delved into the subject matter in a depth level, and that too, I mean, in a research level, I have collected a lot of stuff. 
And I have moved much deeper than something that's surfacial or that's a makeover. So there, with due respect to whatever is happening at an image consultant level, I have to share that uh, when we're talking of image management, it's an entire bigger world out there. It's not just a plain consultancy happening for your surfacial, uh, you know, presentation. Right, right. So I have delved into subject matter, which is deep into psychology, Mm. sociology, anthropology, Mm. uh, artistic elements, physiology, and a lot of other elements to the extent that I have built mathematical models Mm, on the entire subject matter. I have gone into scientific methodologies. I've empirically tested those methodologies. So there's an entirely different flavor you bring to the subject there, you know, Mm. and that is what a PhD does because now you're not studying the surf, you know, surface. That's, uh, that's not even a criteria there. You get always in the depth of the subject matter. So firstly, what I've brought on the platter for the world is something which is very huge and humongous. And probably it will now probably, I'm saying, may nudge people to think beyond just a surfacial makeover. Of course. It is not just about, you know, how you dress. It is far deeper than that. Of course. And that is, and that I think is the beauty of the subject when people will understand. I think most people across the world, and I don't blame anyone for thinking so, believe that image management is actually the surfacial thing. Because, because that's, that's how it's been pre- exposed. Yes, and that's Absolutely. how it's been presented. That's how it's been presented. Absolutely. You know, you get an image consultant, and uh, she helps you to sort of define the way you want to look and develop your business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's Correct. no real depth to it. So yeah, yeah. So while that is definitely also a part of the image management journey, but it is not only that. Mm. So I'm hoping, and that was the whole purpose, actually. In fact, when I moved into this line, I left a very plush corporate job. And because I had this calling to make a difference to the youth of my country, it started right there, actually, Uh, because for so many years, being on the other side of the fence uh, as part of interview panels, I realized that there are so many people and not just students straight out of college, but I'm talking of people as such, even with uh, five to 10 years experience or even more, who, when facing an interview, would not get their communication in order or didn't know the choice of right words is one thing. Their own value system was in question. Uh, they didn't know, of course, how to present themselves, even in terms of the surface, you know, in terms of what to wear for an interview, how they should use their voice, uh, sure. what kind of content do you use when you speak, et cetera, et cetera. So there was a lot of gap that I was beginning to identify, and that started bothering me so much so that I actually said goodbye to uh, the supposed employee status of a corporate and moved into, you know, this entire journey of making a difference. So I'm on a mission for the last nearly five years now to make a difference to the youth of the land. And not just the land, it starts here. I want to go across, to lands across, because we have youth everywhere. And if I can, in my own little minuscule manner, do something to make a positive difference to their lives, I would be blessed. So it started with that. And that's how Mm. the realization dawned in that if I am going to be sharing something with the youth, or with people and women specifically, I must make sure that it is scientifically driven and empirically tested. I can't mm-hmm. just speak anything that comes out of a copy paste from Google. And uh, I can't just speak anything because I have a whim on it. And I can't just say something because I overheard somebody say that. I think that's not the fair approach. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was my personalized way of thinking. And I said, no. So let me go past this whole subject and actually delve into the depth of the matter and then bring something concrete so that it kind of makes me relax as a person who's going to be the giver of that knowledge, the facilitator of that knowledge. And it's not in question. You know, it is something that is well tested and acknowledged. So that's how the whole PhD journey started. And um, as I've moved along, I have so many people to thank for is one thing. But apart from that, I'm happy and thankful to God that uh, he kept the fire burning really strong. And like yes. I said, so I'm just probably a week or two away and uh, from the final doctor, uh, you know, <laughs> as oh a my to my name. But uh, I became an image scientist officially in 2013. That's okay. when your journey starts and you're researching. I've got lots of international papers. I've, I've contributed to some books. Okay. Uh, in fact, there's a book um, wherein I've written about uh, image management as uh, a part of entrepreneurship education. 
where I've dealt with pedagogies, curriculum, and target groups there in depth. Again, again, uh, there I've done a lot of researching, and there are tab tabular structures, which of course is very academic. So most people probably may or may not understand that it's very statistically driven. So yeah. there is a lot of uh, you know uh, different kind of a knowledge that you put in when you're doing a doctorate. Uh, as far as um, what it entails, I just shared with you what it takes. But I think going forward now, because now the journey has only begun in terms of, you know, taking this forward, I'm looking at being able to share this with just anybody who is interested in making a difference to herself or himself. Okay. Uh, as life moves on. And I believe it's applicable to just everybody and anybody. So uh, that's been typically what I've been doing. And uh, yeah, I've, I've trained about over 15,000 students today. In uh, okay. my this journey alongside, I've trained faculty of institutions because I believe they can again be uh, critical in handling the students uh, sure. with regard to image. So um, I'm trying to do it in both ways. I've gone to multiple universities. I travel across the country. I keep trying to give talks, uh, you know, and I, I reach out to these students and try and tell them how they can get their entire belief system uh, up in order because it's always inside to out. It's not outside to in normally. But right. uh, if you have your inside sorted, then uh, there's very little work to be done on the outside. That's far easier. Exactly. So you, and not the reverse. Um, so I think making sure that your insides are well taken care of. So the entire sociological, psychological elements are well taken care of, sorted out. And uh, then there's nothing that stops that person from making that huge change. And I think that's such a, that is such a crucial point. And it's a good, good segue into um, what we're talking about today, because you are a multi-potentialite, obviously, based on everything that you, that you said to us. And I think um, there, maybe in the past, maybe not now, there's some people who would say, oh, well, you're doing all of these things. You're confused. You don't, you don't know who you are, et cetera, et cetera. But I think <laughs> that's one perspective. But I think for me, my perspective is in order to be a multi-potentialite, you you probably have to have a strong sense of, of who you are because you're doing lots of different things because you have varied interests and so on and so forth. So how has, for you, like you just said, knowing who you are and having that deep core within helped you to, to navigate all these different things that you've been doing and to excel in, in all of these interests, particularly for someone who may just be sort of, okay, I knew by the time of, I was nine, I wanted to be, say, a doctor and they're still practicing medicine and that is what they've been doing for the past 40 years <laughs> if you understand what I mean yeah 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 absolutely in fact what you just said uh, is so relevant and I go back to that uh, little whatever 30 seconds one minute that I elaborated about myself the pompous me and I mentioned that there will be relevance because now I'm glad you brought that out because yeah the relevance uh, is what I'm exactly going to share now because Multipotentialites basically thrive on learning, on exploring, experimenting, and mastering new skills. Now, not, not every time will you be probably a master on every skill you pick up, but you would have delved into it to a fairly decent level. So that's the basic thing. When you are a multipotentialite, this is the way you sustain. You just thrive on the fact that you want to explore and experiment and keep on learning. So... Uh, as far as um, we are concerned, like with people as such, or even for me, as you mentioned, to be able to understand what your capability is becomes very important. And that mm. will only come when you put yourself in that block. When you mm. say, okay, I'm standing right here. Let me actually explore. So I think the first thing that happens typically is for any skill, until you try it out, you will never know. So I think most of us in life often do this little mistake where we, where we believe that I'm good at so-and-so, that one's good at so-and-so, you know, a different skill, somebody else. And though we may from a distance respect that person for whatever he or she is talented in, and we may be just interested, but we don't take that step forward to actually explore the region. Mm. So you will never know till you have explored something. So that I think becomes very important as a multi-potentialite to even recognize that. Now, I think as far as introspection is concerned, uh, you can introspect in terms of your value system. You can introspect in terms of your skills to some extent. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. must 
definitely be looking at what is it that gives you a kick from inside and says, hey, you know, just go ahead, do it. Mm-hmm. You must have a fire, a desire. Mm-hmm. That, that desire should be literally burning you inside to say, oh, I really want to try this out. And actually then take a step forward and try it out because that will be the genesis of your personality for the future. Because if you've not even tried that out, you can never know what you're skilled enough for. You know what I'm saying? Of course. So it's like uh, push yourself, literally. Sometimes even to the extent where you are pushing yourself against a wall. You may have picked up 30 things and you're trying, 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 trying. Maybe out of all of those 30, you may just land up discovering that in five, you did really, really well for yourself. So that starts speaking back to you. It sends you a message saying that, you know, here you are, you did well at one, two, three, four, and five. So do you want to do something about that? And kind of, you know, grow on that while we're not asking you to shelve the others, but it's an indicator. It's an indicator that you may have a stronger potential to do well in these areas. So do something about it. And so your consciousness gets a little more, shall I say, um, uh, you know, prominent. So your capability model becomes a little more stretched. And you suddenly realize that I always thought I was only good at this. And here you are, you suddenly see four or five things that you actually turned out to be fairly decent at. So in fact, these things of jack of all trades, master of none, or, you know, six of all trades, or blah, blah, blah. All those are, I, I would say, more of just, uh, you know, little phrases here and there. At right. the end of the day, you can be a master of all things. I don't mm. really believe it's, it's always jack of all trades, master of none. I, even, I mean, I've had another, I mean, which is that quote that uh, people often talk of? Yeah, a rolling stone gathers no moss. I completely disagree there. Mm. You know, okay. I, I, I believe as, as a stone, I've gathered a lot of moss, you know. So I, I don't believe that if you roll from one area to the other, you don't, so these are, I mean, for me, not every quotation or every <laughs> phrase actually is completely applicable. Right. Or, you know, for me, it's not as accepting. Because there are people who are doing a lot of things in life today. And um, I don't feel that it is kind of strange to a lot many people today. There are multipotentialites who don't even know that they are multipotentialites. Absolutely. And all they need to do is kind of just see within and, you know, introspect and uh, Look at your talents from within and just go ahead and take it on. Yes. And everything you're saying is so powerful because there are a lot of people, like you said, out there who are multipotentialites and don't even know. And some of that comes from maybe their upbringing, their family, the people Mm -hmm. they're surrounded by who are constantly saying to them, you need to figure out what you want to do with your life or you need to stick Mm -hmm. to one thing. And, And they feel really bad. For pursuing lots of different things because you're told yeah. oh you don't know who you are and you don't know what you want but maybe like like emily uh wapnik said in her ted talk maybe yeah. there isn't a, such a thing as 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 having one calling you know maybe you have yeah. several callings and maybe you can do several things so i think what you're saying is is very encouraging first of all and it's very powerful because <laughs> no because there are a lot of people who just don't hold yeah. that view they think you know you have to if you're a lawyer that's what you have to do for the rest of your life but I think we Absolutely. all know, but all, all of us as human beings, we've got different desires. You can be a lawyer, but perhaps in the back of your mind, you've always wanted to learn to play the piano, you know, and then you go off mm-hmm. and you, you learn the piano and you become this really successful uh, uh, person playing the piano and you forget about law. <laughs> I mean, it happens. It happens yeah. all the time. Absolutely. And we see these examples across. I mean, I've seen so many here in this part of the land. I'm sure Mm -hmm. everybody, if you start looking around, you will suddenly see that there are people who've delved into so many areas. And uh, it's just so wonderful. I just wish people acknowledge it. In fact, uh, it's a typical trait because multipotentialites are excellent at bringing disparate ideas together in creative ways. So actually, it's added far more boost to your personality and what you do in life. So it makes them incredible innovators, great problem solvers, because now they have multiple skills actually lined up within them and they are not even aware of them. Absolutely. So, and, uh, yeah. and, for, and as an entrepreneur, do you think being a multi-potentialite is a good thing then? Because then you, you bring a different perspective to whatever business is, it is that you're trying to start. Oh, yes. I absolutely believe that. I yeah. think what you can bring to the table is far more enhanced than if you weren't a multi-potentialite. And this is the due reg- regard to all uh, non-potent multi-potentialites <laughs> yeah. because they are specialists if they are not multi-potentialists 
then they They're are specialists, specialists exactly but, yeah regardless but i i know for a fact being one myself in terms of uh, being a multipotentialite that when i am looking at something the objectivity probably that i bring to the table is the greatest thing as a ceo because you are not going on to only one track if i'm a technical expert i would probably only be thinking from the technical viewpoint but if i'm technically looking at it and i'm also looking at it creatively and looking at it in terms of branding i'm also looking at it from probably another perspective i will add to the table lot more viewpoints within my own mind and mm. so what i bring out will be an objective conclusion mm -hmm. and so i think as an entrepreneur a person who is standing there right on top of the pyramid as a facilitator for his entire team and enterprise it becomes very important that he or she is able to understand everybody's viewpoint with the same amount of dexterity that is mm. probably that that is being projected towards him as a proposal let's say if someone from my team walks up to me uh, talking about creative elements versus somebody who comes and says hardcore something about you know let's say how ilt works uh, or something like that i should be able to grasp as well as be able to come up with a decision which is of course a sensible one by understanding it rather than saying uh, okay you know what let me get back to you and then do my reading no not that that is a crime you're always right. allowed to do that but it enhances your productivity if you are hands on you know you know because now your skills are constantly uh, being engaged with and you have multiple skills as it is as a multipotentialite so i think it brings a lot of advantage as an entrepreneur if you're a multipotentialite definitely okay and tell us about your business the, or your businesses if you have more than one that you are currently running and your role as a ceo okay so what i'm doing currently i run this uh, training and consultancy firm called kriya mm -hmm. um that's k r e a kriya okay so this came in alongside that whole mission of mine and i realized in the domestic setup that people tend to accept you more easily if you have the backup of a branded company mm. so so i went ahead and i registered a company and i started it off though i'm even if i was doing a mission i probably would be doing the same thing the whole thing was to make a difference to the lives of people uh so predominantly that's what kriya does also um the three basic verticals of kriya we're into training we're into uh content development and consultancy services so the training league uh, basically takes care of corporate skills soft skills personality development customer service uh train the trainer i'm a master trainer so um i i do a lot of train the trainer as such um and the content development is to do with creation of educational books for companies that are into education uh if they run courses academies i mean so we're talking of organizations which are also like academies mm -hmm. uh, so we uh, create content um, after a lot of research and we create content and uh, deliver to such clients and uh, consultancy um i do a lot of consultancy individual as well as group based or even for corporates um on the basis of image management for psychometrics for neuro linguistic programming um for grooming and things like that so that is more Uh, of me coming in as a person you know trying to deal with people so i manage celebrities i manage uh, ceos of companies uh, i'm managing people from media some mm -hmm. lawyers uh, mm -hmm. beauty pageant uh, contestants um so it's a whole wide variety out there that i manage on various uh, parameters so it's it's very interesting because uh, while i have image management the fact that i have I'm also uh, an associate partner of Oscar Murphy International for psychometrics. So a lot of mental uh, you know shall I say measurement is happening alongside. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to bring probably to the uh, platter uh, something that is beyond just you know again one angle only and the same thing happens in training. So I think the the key point here that Kriya does is basically reach out and give a little extra value add. in terms of touching base with the personalities of people understanding personalities a little better as right. we move along yeah so that's so predominantly what kriya does yeah 
Okay, and you've got all of these different types of uh, clients. Like you said, you've got the, the business community, you've got uh, uh, celebrities, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got all these different types of people that you're managing and you're doing work for. And mm -hmm. the multiple personalities and, and different types of energies and so on, working in all these different fields. Is the approach, yeah. is, is there something about the core of the, the approach that you use the same for dealing with all of these different people? Or is well, it all core, the core of your work? Sorry, yeah, go on. No, yeah, that's the it. The core that's will it. typically be the same, right. but the treatment in making that core available to that person will obviously change. The subject mm -hmm. matter doesn't change, right? That is, that is knowledge right there. How you utilize it will have to change because it is not driven uh, for larger audiences. When you make it one-on-one -on -one or a smaller group, then it becomes more person-driven. So everybody comes in with a certain uh, set of traits. And you have to understand those traits and then reach out in a similar manner to be able to make that difference. So uh, that's where a lot of you know, personal knowledge helps because uh, you are, like I said, the treatment you, you give to um, a particular personality will change. Definitely. So how and I treat a person X versus person Y will be obviously different. Of course. And some of that comes from being someone who's worked in lots of different fields and you have so much so much knowledge that you obviously know how to kind of cater your approach for everyone that you're, you're dealing with. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with your uh, very smart observation. Yeah, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? I've heard of this from other people, in fact, from clients when they give me a testimonial mm. um, and they say, you know, like, let me give you an example. If I'm talking of uh, training on some corporate skills with corporates, uh, for example, a topic like negotiation skills or motivation or leadership, et cetera, et cetera. So if I'm talking of, let's say, negotiation skills, I've, I immediately bring to the table varied examples. Now, that example could be from hardcore management of, let's say, you know, a company that's dealing with, let's say, intangible products, or I go back into, let's say, how it works in the aviation sector or how it would happen in hotels or how it would happen in a travel agency, or how it would happen in... And so my examples just change all over to try and convey one point. So the understanding level of the learners is at a different uh, level probably. And that's, that's what I've heard from clients saying that we don't feel that we are restricted. We, mm. we can be from any industry and sit right there and she will give us multiple examples. Because one is of course the fact that I've traversed across five industries. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, I think uh, the kind of... Uh, assimilation that you build over 30 years it becomes big enough for you to look at perspectives from uh, varied angles and that's what I think brings a little bit of extra magic there when you're training so the perspectives become so varied and wide so, mm. yeah it enhances the learning definitely so okay so your our community is geared towards aspi the aspiring entrepreneur and the recently started entrepreneur so mm -hmm. you're so hypothetically speaking let's just give a scenario you're an entrepreneur or you're starting out what have you and you have all these interests you have all these ideas you've done lots of different things you've worked in so many different industries how do you go about um I mean, obviously, you know you're multi-potentialite, that's great. But you can't do 10 businesses all at once, right? You can't pursue everything at the same time. So how would this mm -hmm. person then go about selecting that one thing that they should pursue first? And how do they know or when would they know, okay, you've done this, you've been good or bad at this, it's time to move on to the next thing? Because a multi-potentialite will do that. They will move on to something else at some point. But how, how would they determine where to begin and what to begin with? Because they've got so many interests and ideas. They've done so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As you just said, multi-potentialites are highly enthusiastic. They love variety. And... Um, they will obviously have 20 different things. So yes, decision-making is the biggest challenge of a multi-potentialite. So coming to something that is the most sane decision for yourself is obviously going to be a hard task. Uh, I think what's very important is to actually pen them down, you know, mm -hmm. which is something what I did. I can share what I did for sure. myself. Of course, uh, please. You won't believe it. <laughs> Thanks. You won't believe it. I'm, I'm sure you're going to burst out into a giggle on this one. Okay. For almost two years, I was maintaining a thought in a diary. Every time I had a thought, I'd like to do this, I would go and pen it down. 
Okay. And then the next time I had a thought, I think I'd like this and I'd go and pen it down. So over two years, and this was while I was still at work, but I was still kind of figuring out what would be the best choice because I had a long list and I'm really saying long list. And uh, eventually when I brought it down, it's like by elimination process. You know, you just have to start looking at things saying, okay, how good am I in so-and-so talk mm. and build a scale mentally for yourself saying that, okay, if, if I'm putting myself on a Likert scale or forget even Likert, just a regular ordinary scale of, let's say, one to 10, um, where do I put myself here? And you have to be very truthful in this. So you have to engage with yourself, introspect well within inside, you know, actually assess, think you're your, 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 your own examiner in one way. And, uh, and also, I think sometimes what happens is when you retrospect, some past experiences will also demonstrate how good you were at that particular task sure. so, or whether you enjoyed it. So I think enjoyment versus skill. Mm, okay. First, plug in both these things together. So some things you really are enjoying doing, some things you are good at doing. These two things have to get clubbed in first and build a collated list, keeping in mind your one is to 10 you know, scale. Right. And so come down to probably a smaller list of whatever let's say if you can make it a 10 or a 5 it's very helpful the smaller the better if you're that clear to be able to do it so you you are slowly now bringing in a very small list now i think what you need to do is delve deeper into the outside now now it's not about you it's about how the market is responding so i think now the sanity has to go beyond just the multi-potential fervor in you to what as a business, because you're not doing business for the heck of it, you're doing it to make money at the end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just speaking brass tacks here at the end of the day. No, so you want to get into something to make money. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do that, then you need to know in that list of 10 or five items that you have got, do you believe that there is something that will give you revenue? If there are some things that don't give you revenue, again, take them out, eliminate them and keep them to the side as hobbies you would want to pursue probably. Okay. So they don't come in as revenue generators. So you look at what are the revenue generators and your list definitely is going to shorten up further. Now, if you've done a little bit of homework on the market and now you start doing some soul searching, I've always believed that when you do something in terms of being uh, an entrepreneur, you have to look at it for a long period of time. Yes. At least to start off with. Don't look at something, oh, I would like to engage with this uh, area, but uh, maybe it's not got a longevity in it, uh, maybe a year or so, then probably it's not the best choice. Definitely. So you need to see something which is minimum at least five, 10 years away. Yeah. I would say even larger. Why not? Because you're going to put your whole soul into it. Lots of money, lots of energy, a lot of planning. So you don't want something to just go there and, you know, even before you've realized uh, it, it's gone. It takes at least two to three years before you've built yourself as a brand. So you have to engage at least with a minimum thought of five years to 10 years, 10 years, let's say. So if you're looking at something, then try and put those remaining two, three ideas that you have and see if you can make it a basket that combines all the two, three of them in your own way. So your speciality and you're adding a finishing touch in your own perspective. Like I said, just a short while ago, that when I'm doing consultancy, I have been a master trainer for a while. I have, um, certified about 300 trainers across India who are certified by me as trainers. So I know that training came naturally to me. It was good. I had the knowledge base, but if I can add that extra potential thing by bringing in psychometrics, by bringing it, bringing in NLP, mind mapping and all of the other things that I've done, I can probably add my own little angle to it. So that's how I'm combining things. So in a similar perspective, if somebody comes up with two, three things, you start doing some soul searching, introspect and see how can I make this a decent, complete package by bringing in all these things together sure. and bringing something to the table, which becomes very unique in its own way. Right. And I think so, what, what I think just yeah. it, once, I think what's um, helpful with being a multi-potentialite is like you said, you find that one thing and then you focus in on that thing and you can do 10 10 different things within that one area if that makes sense and and you explore that area as opposed to like you said you do one thing and then oh I don't like this I want to go on to something else because like you said you're in business to make money so Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to put in the effort for the long term 
But I think for multi-potentialites, it's good to be able to get into that one area, but then realize that there's a, a plethora of possibilities that can be explored within that one area. So you can still be a multi-potentialite within one area, as opposed to Absolutely. feeling like, oh, I can only do one thing at a time and well, I'm going to get bored. Not at all. You can, you can focus in and still do several things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In fact, um, boredom, of course, is a very normal thing in uh, a hardcore multipotential right? because once you've mastered an area you want to move on yeah it's like the creative juices are running in your head and you just know that there's so much more you can do but having said that i also want to bring uh, probably a little piece of information here of course you have uh, you have different types of multi multipotentialites mm. on one hand you could have a simultaneous multipotentialite and on the other hand you can have a sequential multipotentialite now okay. a simultaneous multipotentialite is a person who can uh, do 20 different projects on one go you know he's he's happy to handle all that and he has the ability and the skill to do that and he's naturally driven that way on the other hand of the spectrum uh, is this sequential multipotentialite and this is the person who dives deep into one subject for a longer period of time and then switches to something else which probably may be entirely new and then solely focuses on that so you could have a sequential multipotentialite too so and then there, there is, of course, a mixed bag. You have someone who's somewhere midway, a mixed multipotentialite. So many of us sometimes fall to these two different extremes. But okay. then many of us also shift around at different levels of our life. So, you know, at different timings, sometimes you find yourself doing uh, probably three things in one shot. Like while I'm a CEO, the fact is I'm still doing my voiceovers. Mm. I still teach people dance. Um, yeah. I still sing. I do shows even now. I'm okay. still into theater. So I, I go do my plays. I, we do shows. Across. So I'm doing a lot of other things alongside. And in between, when I get a chance, I go delve into script writing. I'm doing a lot of things. I made a movie recently for the army, for mm. the Indian army, one of the regiments. So, okay. so it's not that just because I'm into training, I stop all the other things. But right. like I said, because I know I'm a very strong simultaneous multipotentialite so I do multiple things I I feel nice and complete it's like my stomach is full when I have uh, 20 million things that I'm given you know I, I feel nice I feel energized <laughs> right right no so, it's, it's good yeah so um, at the end of the day um, you can have a variety of you know kinds of people kinds of multipotentialites and uh, you you follow it the way you want as long as you've understood, understood that you have more than two or three uh, interest areas and areas where your skill levels are high, you know, it's not just having an interest. Sometimes I think a lot of people also just talk of, you know, having interests and leaving it there. But mm. I always believe and I strongly advocate the fact that people must go deeper into mm. interests mm -hmm. to understand what your skill level is, is one thing, but to be able to understand what you can bring to the platter. In terms of what you naturally do, what you do for a living, and add that as a value add for yourself. Definitely. And, and I, think, I think it'll be wonderful. But don't you think also people lose a sense of their humanity, their spirit, their energy when they say, oh, I have an interest, but they leave it unexplored? I mean, I think how sad, you know, you have an interest, yeah. you should explore it because then you become a machine, you become a, mon a monoton, and you're just engaged mm -hmm. in the daily activity of life. You get up, you go to work. You do your job, you come home, you spend time <laughs> with your family. You know, you know what I mean? But you have an interest and you say, but, and, and someone will say to you, well, why don't you explore it? And you sort of say, well, I don't know. Yeah. And you find all these excuses. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too young. Oh, yeah. and, but then when you, in, when you engage with this thing, it gives you, like you said, this energy and you feel alive. And isn't that a part of the human spirit? You want to feel alive, right? Yeah, so true. It's, yeah. it's all about satisfaction and productivity as a human being. Definitely. At the end of the day, you live your life once. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, saying anything to past life and future life, all of that. <laughs> in India, we talk a lot about karmic cycles and things like that. So I'm not sure. even getting into that. Yes. I'm just going with a more practical-ended uh, approach to this. That if you're living in this current life that you are, then I think you must make the most of it. As simple as that. So mm -hmm. every second is a second lost. If you're not doing something that engages you with happiness, with a smile on your face, or mm -hmm. at least where mm -hmm. you can pat your back and say, hey, even if I'm saying, even if you just, uh, you know, what shall I say? Even if you play the game of tennis, mm -hmm. but if that's what your interest is, 
and one particular day versus the other, you realize that you could swing the ball in a better way than the previous day that you did, you're a better version of yourself. So that itself is something to, you know, acknowledge and uh, feel good about. So it's really sad, as you said, that when as beings, people, you know, just choose to ignore and just leave, lead a very mundane life. Yes. Um, and just are not interested. They're not even willing to kind of explore and uh, see the fortune that may just come to their door when they realize that they have so much in terms of their own personal performance uh, and yes. calling. But I, I don't know. I mean, I would really advocate and encourage people to do that. At least try it out. So what if you discover that you still, at the end of the day, are, you know, probably just fond of one thing. That's okay. You've tried so, it. Specialize. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And definitely. even if you're in one area, I think it's nice to grow in that area because uh, you will feel more accomplished, you will feel happy, and you will feel more productive. And I think it's very important to keep doing that. You have to evolve every single day. Yes. You will start vegetating if you just go by a run-of-the-mill kind of a thing, you know. That yes. notion is very vegetative. So yes. if you have to uh, evolve, then you must have something that's adding on to you every single day. And I think from an entrepreneurial perspective, you, when you have evolved and you've got more to offer, it's, it's better for your clients. Your clients are happier as well, aren't they? Your customers. Absolutely. Your absolutely. Yeah. In fact, there are times, uh, similar clients who've been there for the last couple of years with me. And now when I go back and I'm like, okay, I have an addition over here. The beauty is sometimes the HR manager or the HR head who's sitting there as part of the, uh, you know, the entire learning process says, hey, I had made notes last time and I realize you've shared a new slide here. So even from the audience perspective, there are a lot of attentive people as a trainer and for the fact that you come as a person who's being, um, shall I say, acknowledged for your knowledge, you need to be completely in the flow of what is current. The dynamism in the market is so much that if you don't uh, keep yourself uh, in line with that rapidity, you will probably lose out somewhere. Oh, definitely. And that, yeah, and that is easier as a multi-potentialite because you're already burning with that desire to always keep learning. So there's always that thing, okay, I knew this. Let me go check if there is a new version to this or there's something new to it. You know, so it's nice to keep yourself on the flow. And yes, as an entrepreneur, for sure, you need to be on the top of all of this definitely. because you have a whole force that you're guiding right there. You are the leader right there. So you, you can't afford to not be evolving every day. Absolutely. So now, Kuljeet, you're about to enter 50. Or did you just turn 50, you said, or you're about to turn no, 50? No, the beginning of the new year will bring me into 50. Yeah. Okay. So now, what, what does that, the new decade bring for you? 50 as a multi-potentialite do you think you're going to <laughs> will it will it be more exploration or picking up on some new things or, or what do you envision for yourself for your company for everything around you okay okay i have to admit that i'm not a very number driven person in terms of you know uh, age, as much as i'm okay. given to believe by many people that it's you know one of those milestones for yes. me, every day is a milestone I like that. Uh, as long as I'm evolving, I'm, a, I'm creating milestones for myself. And I've never been in competition with anyone in the world. So I always believe I'm my best competition because if I can get to be better than what I was yesterday, then I'm very happy. So I keep applauding myself and go buy myself a chocolate or something. So that's fine. But ah, regardless, <laughs> I love I, that's, a, that's such a good perspective, you know, and I think when you're a multi-potential, like you don't really have time to compete with other people because you're so engaged in all of your different activities that you're just bettering yourself as you go along. So you are your yeah. greatest competition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not even fair because what you have in terms of your personality and your skills, there is nobody who's there with the same kind of skills or exactly a duplicate. You, you have no clones. Competition comes in in terms of when you have two clones, you know, doing the same thing, then you can compare. But here the parameters itself are different, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's like saying, okay, Joanne and Kuljeet, okay, you're in a competition, but excuse me, Joanne is uh, got a different set of skills. I've got a different set of skills. My, our aims are different. Our goals are different. And how can you put the two together? You know, it's like comparing apples and oranges. So for me, logically, that doesn't come to, I mean, I've never come to terms with this uh, being in competition with uh, anyone else. I've, it just doesn't make sense to me. So um, that's one. But regardless of the fact that uh, what do I look forward to mm -hmm. um, in the future, 
Yes. Uh, well, I look to be, um, I mean, I'm looking at it in a very, very, shall I say, uh, globalistic angle now. Yes. That whole calling that I started off with five years ago, uh, and for the fact that my ammunition is ready um, to be able, I'm talking about the academic uh, ammunition that I've got now. Uh, so I've moved up a level to be able to engage with the world outside India. And uh, so I'm going to be looking at bringing this over to mm -hmm. the other parts of the world mm -hmm. and uh, be able to engage with audiences and share what little I know in my own perspective and be able to make a difference to their lives in any which way. So I think that is the larger perspective. If I have to come down to literally the company and what we do, then yes, of course, uh, I'll speak now like a hardcore CEO where I would look at obviously engaging with more number of clients because the PhD has been a very, shall I say, um, intriguing on one side, but a very, very exhausting journey because it's been lots of hard work that's gone in. So I've not been able to engage so much or as much as I wanted to with the outside market. So consciously, I kept a call on, I, I don't want more clients than so many numbers because I can't handle, I can't deliver beyond this. So now I won't have anything that's stopping me. So I'm going to probably go on a rampage on that front and mm -hmm. uh, try and engage with all the people who had reached out to me and who I had to say no to, <laughs> sadly, but truly. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be doing that. And uh, yes, I would definitely stay focused on uh, a lot of work with the youth. Yeah. Uh, and try and definitely do that. That mission is not going to stop for sure. And a lot to do with the girls and the women. Mm. Uh, because I believe, especially uh, my country, which is uh, growing at a tremendous pace, uh, and I'm so happy and proud that that's happening. Uh, my country still has a lot of women who are still trying to, you know, crack out from the little eggs right now and try and find their place and their identity. And I really want to reach out to each one of them. I've been doing it for many years now, but I want to keep that going and probably from the first gear move into the fourth gear to try and escalate that and uh, give them that advantage in life and help them to actualize their dreams if they ever, you know, are looking at something, whatever they want. Even if they're just homemakers, it doesn't matter. But reaching out to every, every woman, if I can, uh, in my own way. So, in fact, at West, the Women Economic Forum, yes. where yeah. I'm the India chairperson for image management. Uh, so I've, in fact, uh, built image angel groups. I call them image angels, lovingly. Image because, angels, okay. Yeah, so what they are going to be doing, or rather what they have been told that they're supposed to be doing, is that they are going to, in their respective cities, follow the same mindset, you know, that I'm trying to bring in, wherein we can make a difference to the uh, entire persona and image of uh, women in, in our own little way and yes. help them be more satisfied, more happy, more evolved beings. And uh, yeah, so that, that's going to be something at a more societal level, which I really want to uh, continue. And I think that will continue for the rest of my life. As far as uh, you know, my tombstone or, you know, when I reach finally my edu time, yes. I think I still want to be caught uh, reading a book, probably learning something more. Because yes. uh, I think uh, in this vast knowledge uh, ocean, I think I am just a small little mini, 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 mini drop. So, but you're making big waves. A tiny drop making big waves. Thank you. Thank and this you is, so but, much. And this is very important. This is very important. We all have to recognize that even though we only contribute that tiny drop, it creates ripples and, and, and it, yes. it, 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 you know, it, it spreads. And that's the energy that keeps lifting everything up. So you have to continue doing that. Yeah, that's kind of you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm hoping that there is a rippling effect. I've been told by a few people. Yes. Probably some teeny weeny ripples have started. So I'm happy. Not that that is the objective. but if at the end of the day, it can stay, sustain and go down generations, I would be very happy at the end yes. of the day, seriously. Uh, so I would say at least a lifetime, I can pat my back on my shoulder and say, you know, okay, fine. Um, okay. <laughs> perfect. Well, that's a perfect way to end our segment. And to wrap up, our community um, empowers, encourages and supports uh, women entrepreneurs who are in that very crucial stage of business, the pre-startup and startup phase. So what final words do you have for our aspiring entrepreneurs or for those entrepreneurs who haven't been running their businesses too long, who are multi-potentialites or who are um, 
I don't know, maybe they're not even multi-potentialites. Maybe they're, because like you said in your, in your interview blog, not everyone is a multi-potentialite. You can be a specialist as well, Mm -hmm. but who's just, Mm -hmm. just any, Mm -hmm. any encouraging words for them as they move along their, on their journey? Yeah, sure. Uh, In fact, uh, I would like to tell all the aspiring or even the current entrepreneurs uh, who are, like you said, either specialists or multi-potentialites, regardless, Mm -hmm. that if you have moved in into the area that you've chosen now, which means you believe that you are uh, empowered enough to be able to make a difference in your own way, to be able to give yourself as well as the community around you some extra bit, then firstly, cheers to that and congratulations. But regardless, Mm -hmm. From my perspective, I would say use all your gifts that you have from God. Use mm. all your gifts. And to do that, please introspect. Please introspect. It's very important. Maybe there are some real lovely gifts that are lying within you, unexplored. So explore them. Move forward. Take charge of your life and build your skill levels continually and keep evolving in such a way that you are bringing to the world your entire set of talents and your true potential. Because like I said earlier in the uh, talk, you live life only once. So we live sure it do. in size, queen size, however you want to, but live it to the least. Definitely. Because and all the very best to all of them. Yes. Oh, that is sane and sensible and encouraging advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. So it was an absolute pleasure to have you on today. I really enjoyed speaking with you and, and listening to you. And mm-hmm. I think, and I'm certain that there's uh, quite a few of these lovely birds who are out there listening to the conversation going, oh, wow. Okay. So that means I'm not lost. I'm not crazy. I can do all these different things, you know? So um, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been an absolute delight, Joanne. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I do hope I did add some value of to what you, you do. Did. Of course you and, did. Of course you did. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Oh, thank so, you. Uh, thank you. I'm doing, my, li- I'm doing my little you, part. I'm doing my little part. <laughs> And I think you're doing a fabulous job. So thank you so keep much. Keep rocking and keep going. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Thank you for your blessings. Wishing you the same. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye bye.